You're listening to Words of Encouragement, the preaching ministry from the pulpit of the First Baptist Church of Winsboro, Louisiana. Good day to you. I'm Pastor Craig Beeman, and today we're going to be talking about trials, trials in our lives. What are some lessons we can learn from trials? Uh, be sure and stay tuned, uh, to because at the end of our podcast today, we have a special song that I think will be an encouragement to you. Lessons from Trials today on Words of Encouragement. This morning we look at, uh, we'll be looking at James, James chapter 1, James chapter 1. Uh, we will not be talking about, I, I associate James a lot with the tongue and how we're to use our tongue and not use our tongue. And, and that's what I think of when I think of James. And I think of practical living. Uh, James helps us a lot with that uh, in that area. Uh, but he also touches on trials. And uh, many of you know that uh, first, those, those first four, four verses of James chapter 1 uh, many of you have, uh, in fact, I, they were Bible drill verses for me when I was growing up. Uh, we had the blue uh, copy, uh, the Bible drill uh, special edition of the Bible, I guess you could say. Uh, it was, uh, so everyone would have the same one, and everyone would have the same opportunity to find the verse that we were you know, practicing finding. Uh, and to this day, I still think... The pastor's daughter used her thumb on the side of the Bible. I, 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 cannot, I cannot prove that. I, I cannot, but I just, you know, I just felt like she did because she always seemed to find it so quickly. Uh, but, uh, but maybe maybe Bible drill was happening in her home. I don't know. Uh, but she, I always felt like maybe she just had a little advantage. But, but uh, this was one of our verses uh, that we had, I remember that, and we had to memorize it. Actually, had to memorize it on that. Uh, but have you ever felt, at some point in your life, I, I know not recently, but at some point in your life, you have had a trial of some of some sort. Maybe you felt like you were living in your life one trial to the next. Maybe you just felt like, well, here's something now, and oh, I got to deal with it, and then and then all of a sudden, here's another one. And you just kind of floated along. Maybe you felt you were in one long, drawn-out trial that never seemed to end. I have to be honest, that's kind of how I have felt since last March. We've been in this just long trial period uh, of just tough times. Uh, and I don't even have to go into naming all the different trials that we've been through. You know them. Each one of us has lived through the same trials. Each one of us has faced them, uh, has faced them differently in different ways. Uh, some have panicked. Some have hidden from the trials. Uh, some have ignored all their trials and just kind of gone on with life as normal. When, truthfully, they probably should have... Uh, paid attention to some of the trials that they were going through uh, and not just acted as if they did not exist. Ignoring a trial is not how you deal with a trial. But the point is we faced some, and we faced many this past year, and some of them continue to the present day. 
But I'm going to ask that if you're able and you're willing to stand in honor of the reading of the Word of God from James chapter 1, verses 1 through 4. The Bible tells us that James wrote this. He says, James, a bondservant of God and of the Lord Jesus Christ, to the twelve tribes who are dispersed abroad. Greetings, he says to them. Consider it all joy, my brethren, when you encounter various trials, knowing that the testing of your faith produces endurance. And let endurance have its perfect result, so that you may be perfect and complete, lacking in nothing. May God bless the reading of His Word. You may be seated. In verse 2, the word consider. Consider it all joy. King James uses the word count it all joy. Evaluate. Evaluate. When you encounter various trials. Evaluate it with joy. Count it all joy, my brethren, when you encounter various trials. Our normal human response to trials is not to uh, joyfully evaluate them. We do not joyfully evaluate trials when they come, do we? we? When a trial comes, we put our arms up and go, oh wow, here's something else. One more thing. And we look and we, 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 we may evaluate that trial. We may figure out what can I do about it. But we're not doing it joyfully. It's almost as if, well, goodness, is God punishing us? Here comes a trial and oh my, what are we going to do about it? Well, jo- uh, James here says we need to joyfully count it all joy Evaluate with joy, my brethren, when you encounter these various trials. Well, that does sound a little crazy. How do we, how do we evaluate with joy a trial that we encounter? How in the world do we do this? The Amplified Version sheds a little light to get to the meaning of this joy in the midst of trials. Listen to this verse in the Amplified Version. Consider it wholly joyful, my brethren, whenever you are enveloped in or encounter trials of any sort, or fall into various temptations. Now what I want you to know here is that you, yes, can have joy in a trial, but James is not telling us to be stupidly happy when a trial comes our way. Oh boy! You know, oh boy, the house burned. Oh boy, my car, I cannot get it fixed because I don't have the money. Oh boy, Uh, James is not wanting us to be excited and happy about these things, but he wants us to joyfully consider them, evaluate them, to count them, as the King James puts it, when they come. What he is saying is, God is seeking to grow us in our faith, and that is a moment of joy. The trial is an opportunity for growth. Now, I hear a voice in my head of a friend of mine who's going through some very tough times. And I, have, I am hearing his voice as I, all through this service today because he feels that God, a God who would allow a trial is not a God to be worshipped. A God who would allow bad things to happen to people is just not worthy of worship. And that's how he feels. 
That's how he sees God, if he sees God as existing at all. He's in a bad place. He's in a tough spot right now. I ask you to pray for him. But the trial is an opportunity for growth. I remember when I was young, my legs would hurt at night. And I was like, what is happening? They just hurt. Now, they weren't cramping, but they just hurt. And I thought, what is going on? And I would tell mom, mom, my legs are hurting. And she would say to me, oh, those are growing pains. And I'm like, well, I don't like that. I don't like the growing pain. She said, but that means you're growing. And I said, okay, well, I'll do like that. <laughs> and so it was, a, it, it, was, it was disturbing to me that I had to go through pain in order to grow. I thought, why can't I just grow? Why do my legs have to hurt when they grow? I don't understand that. Now, is, I don't, to this day, I don't know if that's what that was. And is that true? Is that really? I mean, I trusted my mama. I mean, you know, it's your mom. So I guess it's true, but I didn't like the pain. But the plus side of it all, I was growing taller. The temporary pain that I went through was something that stuck with me, not the pain, but the results of it stuck with me forever. It was good on the other side of the pain. Something good came out of that. Now, James is writing to these Christians, and he's writing to these who are scattered abroad. Why? Due to persecution. They were scattered. And so you didn't have the Christians all together. You didn't have the believers all together. They had been scattered abroad because they were being persecuted. And so there they were, and here comes James... Saying, count it all joy when you fall into various trials and, and temptations here. Count it all joy. Evaluate these things with joy. These believers are unable to practice their faith as, faith as they normally did. They were persecuting for believing the way they did. And in the midst of this, he said, he, here comes James with a letter, greetings. And then he launches right into this, count it all joy when you fall into these trials. It's like, you know, if I got that letter, I'd be like, now listen here, James. We are scattered abroad here because of persecution. Persecution is not fun. And persecution is more than just somebody not believing the way you do. Persecution is more than somebody saying, well, I just don't believe in God. Persecution is more than somebody saying to you, well, wow, I, don't, I can't believe you go to church. That's not persecution. Persecution is when you are unable and it's not allowed for you to practice your faith. People watch over you. They watch your words. They tell you, you can't say that. You can't do that. You can't believe that. You really don't need that Bible. Persecution, that's persecution. And it goes way to the other side and it gets bad. And these Christians are facing this persecution. And here comes James. Count it all joy. When you fall into these times. King James uses the, the phrase divers temptations. Uh, and I'll remind you again. I thought well I don't have to worry about those. Because those are for divers. Those are temptations that only divers can encounter. And I don't dive. So I'm good. 
obviously grew up to find that it's various. The word divers means various. And the temptations uh, can be translated as trials. In fact, guess what I found out? The word James uses here means it has a double sense of, of meaning here. It means outward trials and inward temptations. So the trials are on the outside, we're facing these trials, but there's inwardly there are some temptations that we have when faced with trials. What in the world? Yes, there are temptations we face when, when, we are, are, when trials come our way. We are tempted to do all kinds of things, things that we would probably never ever do normally. But when we're faced with a trial, our mind starts wandering and the devil starts to get to work and he starts saying, oh yeah... I got you now. Oh, why don't you do this? Look at this. Go here. Do this. Get on the internet. Do this. Go here. Oh, yeah. Just, you know, and the devil starts having fun. Because when we face trials, we sometimes panic and we don't know what to do. And we divert our attention somewhere else. Because we don't want to face the trial. We don't want to have to deal with the trial. So we allow temptation to pull us somewhere else. And so it's very interesting that James uses this word here that, that means outward trials and inward temptations. When faced with a trial, sometimes people go somewhere else for help. They don't go to God. They go somewhere else. And the temptation may be to, to go along with the ideology of the world. The world says, oh, well, you know, if God's real, He doesn't want you to have to suffer at all. So why, you know, you, you need to just find something. Do, do something good for yourself. In the midst of this trial, that that because God really doesn't want you to suffer, He wants you to be happy all the time. Listen, we have a God who loves us enough to allow trials in our lives to make us more like Jesus. We have a God who wants us to grow up, and He's going to help us grow up if we will allow Him to help us to grow up. But if we decide, well, we just don't want to go through the trial. We don't want to have pain in our life. We don't want to have to go through any tough times because that's just not fun. Well, then we're never going to grow and be what God wants us to be. I mean, we're going to miss out on what He has for us as a, as a family member in His family. When we do this, when we look elsewhere, we sin. God is there for us. He expects us to come to Him. His desire is that we... See Him as the answer to all that we face. Anything else that we depend on becomes a God to us. I seem to remember there was something said maybe somewhere in Exodus, maybe chapter 20. Maybe it said something like, Thou shalt not have any other gods before me. I think I remember that. And I think I, think I remember Him meaning that. And so it's so odd that we run somewhere else when a trial comes. But God made it crystal clear thousands of years ago, His expectations of us. The trials or temptations of believers are tests of their faith. Trials put to the proof a believer's trust in God. Would you say that's true? Sometimes we need a mountain. Whoa. Sometimes we need a desert. Sometimes we need something that's just so big that it shocks us into putting our trust in the Lord, moving to Him and saying, wait, you're all I've got. Wait a minute. I need you, Father. 
I need you now. Why does he have to do that? Because we turn elsewhere too many times. Many times the trials are temporary, but they leave us with something that lasts forever. The lesson we learn from the trial can point us to being more like Christ if we will allow that to happen. I've encountered many people who hold grudges. Why do they do that? They do it because they never learned the lesson of forgiveness. Somehow they never learned that lesson in the midst of the trial. Not that that lesson's not taught, not that they wouldn't agree with it. Oh yeah, I was supposed to forgive. But then they've got a grudge that they're holding and they refuse to let it go. They will not let it go. Oh yeah, the Bible teaches forgiveness. But when it comes to practicing it, they've never put themselves out there to forgive the other person. They never get there. This bit about approaching trials with joy, is, it is, it's a matter of perspective. If we can see the trials that come our way as opportunities to grow, to be more like Jesus, then when we look at the trial, we can say, okay, wait a minute. What is God trying to teach me here? What am I going to know on the other side of this? God, what are you doing in this trial that I'm facing? One of the best questions we can ask is that. What are you teaching me, God? What are you teaching me? Soon we'll be on the other side of the trial and we hopefully will be more like Christ because we went through the trial. But what is God wanting to teach us? What does He want us to know? Look at trials as opportunities for growth. The second thing, trials bring endurance. Look at verse 3. Knowing that the testing of your faith produces endurance. Ah, so we do this. We do this when we encounter various trials. We consider them, we evaluate them with joy. But we do that knowing that the testing of our faith produces endurance. Knowing, coming to the knowledge of something through the experience that the testing, the trying of your faith, that produces that endurance. Without trials, our faith does not grow stronger. It's one thing to say we have faith in God. It's another to live it. It's another to say we have faith after having that faith tested to the point where all we have is God. Boy. Notice what James says, that the testing of their faith, it produces patience or endurance the word actually means the capacity to hold out or bear up in the face of difficulty or a continued patient waiting. I like that, a continued patient waiting. One of the realities that we encounter when faced with trials is the temptation to give up, lean on something else. God, through, his, through the trials, is seeking to teach us to hang on to Him. If you've never had to hang on to God, when, when will you do it? You know, this is, this is why life is not a bowl of cherries, you know? Life is not a bowl of Rocky Road ice cream or whatever you like, whatever your flavor is. It's not just a uh, just ton of joy. Because God wants to teach us and to lean on Him, to hang on to Him no matter what. Have you heard it said that none of us know how we would react until we are in a certain situation? I believe that's partially true. I believe that's, that's partly true. 
that we don't know how we would act or react unless we're in that spot. What happens when you're faced with a trial? Do you seek to remedy it immediately? Do you run around trying to find the answer? Do in, in the running around that you may do, many times the answer is not usually found. I have to say the answer will come when God allows it to come. And in the meantime, we are to realize that we are not in control of all things. And God is teaching us to lean on Him. Look at verse 4. And let endurance have its perfect result. Oh, once you learn this, the, you know, this, this endurance, this patience, this patient waiting is produced, let it have its perfect result so that you may be perfect and complete, lacking in nothing. Let the lesson be taught, James says. Let it sink in, James says. Pay attention, James says here. Let God do what He's trying to do in your life. I, I declare, so many of us want the trial to be over so fast. Just get it over with, God. And just do something about it so we can move on. Do it now, God. And we get so impatient. God says, hang on to me. Just hang on. We've got to allow ourselves to hang on. To let the lesson be taught. To truly learn the lesson. Whatever it is he's trying to teach us. Do not sit wishing that you, just, that you didn't have to suffer. But wait and see what God is doing. Notice James says, as you allow this patient waiting... This endurance to work in your life, you will be made perfect. Wait, what, 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 perfect? The word means complete or meeting the highest standard. Whoa. Jesus is the highest standard of goodness and God is working to make us like his son. And as you endure suffering, God is working on you. He's drawing you closer to him. That's what he's doing. He wants to be near you. He wants you near him. A statue maker was asked how he made a statue of a horse that he had made. And he responded. He said, I, look, I just, I, just knock any, I just knock away anything that doesn't look like a horse. I just knock anything that doesn't look like the horse off of the, off of the stone. I just do that. And just as a statue maker does what he does to make the horse, that's what God is doing with you and with me. He's knocking away anything in our, anything in our lives that doesn't look like Jesus. And that's going to hurt. And, the, and those trials that come, sometimes are, that, that's going to hurt us. But it hurt us in a good way. Because it's making us like Christ. He's knocking away anything that does not look like his son. Dr. Johnny Hunt said this, Testing, trials, troubles are God's pruning shears. He's his purging fire, his carpenter's bench in order to make us what we need to be. James also mentions lacking nothing, or as the King James says, wanting nothing. As we grow into the likeness of Christ, we will learn that we lack for nothing. We, don't, we won't want anything because we're leaning on the Lord. We will have what we need. We will have what we need. That, 
I wish I could transfer that from the, from, the, from the scriptures into each one of our minds and hearts. All we need we'll have in God. A mature Christian will take what comes and know that God is in control. The testing of our faith, the trials that we face, serve to drive us into deeper communion and greater trust in Christ. So what will it take? Will it take a pandemic? Will it take a job loss? Will it take a loss of someone close to you in order for you to draw near to the Lord and to become more like Christ? What will it take? I wonder, I really wonder, I have no I have no evidence or proof or facts that I can have and show and say that if, that if, uh, if we lean on the Lord uh, in the small trials, we'll never have to face big trials. I don't know that that's true. But I know that God uses trials to draw us close to Him. And I know that if we draw close to Him in the what we may consider small trials, that we're going to be where we need to be. I don't know that we can avoid the, the big trials. I don't know. I can't say that with certainty. But I know that when the big trials come, I do question myself and say, Whoa, am I, have I been away from you, Lord? Have I been away from you that much that you need to allow this big of a trial in my life? I think God says, Yes. <laughs> I have your attention now, don't I? Come sit with me. And I draw close to the Lord. Draw close to the Lord. The trials are there to teach us to be like Jesus. Let God work on you. Let Him do what He wants to do. See what happens. I've faced a mountain that I've never faced before And that's why I'm calling on you, Lord I know it's been a while But Lord, please hear my prayer I need you like I've never had before Sometimes it takes a mountain Sometimes a troubled sea Sometimes it takes a desert To get a hold of me Your love is so much stronger and whatever troubles me Sometimes it takes a mountain To trust you and believe Forgive me, Jesus I thought I could control Whatever life would throw my way but this 
I will admit, has brought me to my knees. I need you like I've never had before. Sometimes it takes a mountain, sometimes a troubled sea, sometimes it takes a desert to get a hold of me. Your love is so much stronger. And whatever troubles me, sometimes it takes a mountain to trust you and believe. Sometimes it takes a mountain to trust you and believe. Sometimes it takes a mountain Sometimes a troubled sea Sometimes it takes a desert To get a hold of me Your love is so much stronger joining us for words of encouragement. We hope that this was an encouragement to you. That was John Baccarini singing, Sometimes It Takes a Mountain. I hope that you have drawn closer to the Lord during this past year, and if you have not, look, as long as you're living and breathing, you now have that opportunity to draw close to the Lord. Would you do that? Would you talk to Him? Would you share with Him how you feel? Would you give your life to him? Allow him to forgive you of your sins and come in and be in charge of your life? Listen, the joy, the joy that God can bring, oh my goodness, no one else can bring it to you. You cannot find it anywhere else except in God. I pray that you will consider accepting Jesus into your heart, having God forgive you of your sins and having him just come in and walk with you through this life, give you the strength you need when you do face trials. We all face trials, even after we've accepted Christ into our hearts. But those trials can teach us. I pray that we are learning. Remember, you matter to God and to us at the First Baptist Church of Winsboro.